Escape from Plan A. Hey, welcome to Escape from Plan A. Uh, this is Teen. We'll do the usual introductions. Uh, got Adam. Adam, what's up, man? How you doing, everyone? Jong, it's been a while on a, since you've been on a pod, but yep. uh, good to see you, man. Good to be back. And uh, Chris. Chris, how's it going, man? Hello. All right. So it's the four of us. Um, we're going <clears> to... <throat> this will probably be like something we're going to put out midweek for... On the, on the on the main you know on the main free feed of the pod because of the uh you know the the really horrible uh mass murder down in uh atlanta or near near atlanta of how many it was eight people that's right and i think it just kind of came as sort of sadly almost like a capstone event to um months of what seems to be like uh a, a, just a complete crime spree uh, against against Asian people, and particularly elderly and women, uh, but also you know, also also men like the like the guy that was stabbed in the back in Chinatown. You go on Twitter and you see Safan Kim in New York and Dion Lim in San Francisco, basically devoting almost all of their time now to reporting these events. So there's a absolute outbreak of violence against Asian Americans all across the US and so we figured we might just jump on the horn because uh it would be it's only appropriate that we at least discuss what's going on right guys yeah i'd agree with that yeah so i don't know how to kick this off but um i to be honest i don't really know the facts that well and i'm not really paying attention cuz honestly i'm just i'm fucking tired yeah. of reading this stuff but do we know? I, last I heard, it was like eight victims and six were Asian women. Yeah, yeah six of them. Um, there was like one thirty-three-year-old, I think, Chinese woman. One forty-four-year-old Chinese woman. One forty-nine-year-old Chinese woman, and then the. Then I think. Wait a minute, I'm getting that wrong. Because if there's six, um, but then and then uh, there were like three to four Korean women. Uh, who are in their 50s and 70s, and then um, one white man and one white woman, I think. Right. And I know yeah. that it's it, what I did see sort of like unavoidably just on Twitter was that the um, county, I think it was Cherokee County where he was picked up, the the um, mm-hmm. 20-year-old, 21-year-old suspect, um, kind of silly looking white dude. Yeah, I mean, just really fucking creepy looking dude. Let's just say that. Um. That the that the I think it was the police chief there had basically said like oh he had a really bad day yeah yeah, yeah I didn't listen to that clip but I, uh-huh. I certainly certain phrases have now uh, you know been well circulated uh, something about a sex addiction something about a, about a bad day uh, apparently that was also all the, the same sentence during that oh, press yeah, conference uh, apparently also the sheriff uh, was there was a Facebook photo of him with this uh, T shirt which mimics like you know, Corona, the beer, except it says COVID and it says like made in China or imported from China. And, you know, he was uh, seen wearing it. Uh, various news publications have 
verified yeah. that. So th- that's uh, some of the facts going on. Uh, the guy hit up three spas, I think. Yes, three different um, spas. Yeah, um, and and it's not like they were all. Yeah, one. Yeah, it's was, not like they were all yeah. like close together. I two think of them were. Two, two of them, them were right across from the street for each yeah. other. The other one, he had to drive. I think around thirty miles, something so, like that. Yeah, and then they picked him up, and he was on, on his way to Florida. Uh, yeah, and, there, yeah. and there was some talk about what was this? I didn't again. I didn't follow it, but there was there's there's all this stuff about they're saying he was he had a sex addiction. And yeah, so that, he, in his mm-hmm. statements to the police, and and the police just sort of like took it verbatim and and repeated it. But they, but he, I guess he told the police that he had frequented um, all the spots that he he went to, uh, and that uh, he wanted to eliminate the temptation. Uh, and this was, and and he was having a bad day. So, I you yeah. know I just wanted to. Because you know, I want to keep some, the focus on on the on the victims as well, so we don't forget who they are. Um, the four killed in the shooting near Woodstock, which I guess is a town near Atlanta, were Delena Ashley Young, Young, um, thirty three of Ackworth, Paul Andre Michaels, fifty four of Atlanta, um, Zhao Ji Yan, forty nine of Kennesaw, and Dao Yu Feng. 44. Uh, and there was one survivor, um, LCS R. Hernandez Ortiz, 30. Um, so that was four of the victims. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't think they've released names of the, or at least I haven't seen any names of the, the victims from the other two. Uh, they actually have. I'll, uh, I'll, yeah. I'll try to pull it up while somebody else is talking. Thanks. Okay. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, one thing that has been said about the comments by the the captain, uh, Jay Baker, I think is his name. Uh, you know, some people on Reddit were excusing him, saying like, "Oh, he didn't, he didn't say that himself. He wasn't making that claim about the shooter. Uh, he was just repeating what the shooter had told him." Um, but like. Why emphasize that? You know, like police know about PR really well. They know that the statements they make to the public are going to be what the media runs with, you know, and I, I, um, the, the stuff around him having, you know, selling a t-shirt that is, that is pushing xenophobia. Uh, I think it, it, to me, makes it pretty clear that he's sympathetic to the shooter. Um, so I don't think he can be trusted. Uh, to provide any sort of like neutral or honest representation of what the shooter was thinking. Yeah. I mean, speaking of xenophobia, why don't we get into that? Because uh, I think there is this real uh, battle for the narrative between what to blame this on. And the obvious interests uh, are, I think, are pretty apparent. But oh, I think l- let's go through them. Yeah. Are you. Hello? Oh, should I go through it? I thought you were going to. <laughs> okay. All right. Cause, okay. So I was in a clubhouse, uh, just, you know, just today, just to get a sense of what, uh, you know, what, what, it, cause this was like a pretty big AAPI focused group just to see what people were focusing on. And pretty much it was all about race. Um, some people brought up the fact that this could, you know, there was obviously a misogynistic element to it, uh, you know, blaming, 
women for tempting him into sex therefore they had to be eradicated that whole thing but pretty much everybody talking about it whether they were asian or black or uh, you know other minority groups uh they were all talking about race but i also saw as soon as this happened someone like mina harris comes out and this was this was like you know a one or wait, two a.m who's but, mina harris and what's her sort of reputation oh uh, i actually don't know is she <clears throat> somehow related to kamala harris i don't know what Oh, okay. Her exact relation is, I mean, she's the one with the, the she's a children's book writer. Okay. Um, anyway, she comes out and says, this is a act of misogynistic terrorism. And then a lot of people in the comments I saw were saying, oh, you, you missed a crucial element of this. You know, I mean, just look at Atlanta. Atlanta is kind of infamous as one of the, you know, strip club capitals of the country. He didn't just go to any strip club or, uh, you know, like a, like a bordello or something. He went to three specific Asian spas. Obviously, was not totally just random and, and the one that was closest to him or whatever. Uh, so, and I think this is because the media and the government and, you know, both political parties know they have been very complicit in stoking this fear and resentment of Asians or China, which they know just falls on Asians as a general, but they just saw that as acceptable collateral. Yeah, they'll to, never know, admit it. To cover their own asses about because their own country was fucking up COVID so badly. Uh, so it's you can see the obvious interest um, to, you know, maybe not focus it so much on race because it implicates them as well. Yeah, I mean, it it just gets tiring because it's like, you know, because we've done pods and published articles about uh, uh, Yang Song, the um, yeah. massage parlor girl who... I mean, I think it's kind of disputed the circumstances of her death, but she, <clears throat> excuse me, she was like being harassed by police, like chronically harassed by police and raped. Uh, and, you know, she died in the middle of like a, a raid on um, the place where she worked. And uh, nobody gives a shit about these people. You know, like when I, I think the depressing thing about this one was like, the second it was like Asian massage parlor, I was just like, that people are just automatically yeah. going to be like, oh, yeah, it was like, you know, shot up some Asian prostitutes and, right, you know, that's what happens in these tr sex trafficking. This was a underworld crime involving sex trafficking and, and an incel and. It just kind of like, I mean, even the way like they're, I mean, honestly, even the way they're going to push this idea that he's just this like sort of marginal incel dude and he went and shot up these sex trafficked women. It's like, try and push it, push it to the margins as much as possible. Yeah. yeah. They try, try and make an exception like, uh, oh, no ordinary person would do this or this person was crazy. Like it, it's got, you know, nothing to do with larger society. Yeah, it they, didn't really happen in our mm -hmm. world. Yeah. It happened in this sort of like almost fictional universe where these sort of like trafficked people and severely damaged, you know, men that shouldn't even see the light of day. That's just the world they live in, you know. So, I don't know. I maybe that's just bleak. I'm not I'm not saying that that, that anyone was particularly saying that, but I just get that feeling, you know, like that's how they want to roll with this kind of stuff. And it's just fucking depressing. I don't know. Yeah. And I think it was like, as this was a terrible incident, you know, the, these numbers are for like a, a, you know, a single event are more than what we've seen in these other, you know, in the past years of, of crimes. But I think this is when everything converged where 
there was nothing really controversial about it. like the, especially the like identity of the victim not only was it a white guy but he was this you know weird looking like you know face that only a mother could love type of white guy so then all the pent up and you know you know how we saw, we saw the kind of insecurity and the equivocating before when the attackers were other minorities or you know they, they didn't it just didn't fit a comfortable pre-established narrative but because it was this guy uh everything just came out at once and people who had been kind of silent before now were you, you know rushing you know charging out the gates and everything and like i was worried like it, it's both it's both kind of demoralizing to see the timidity of people saying we're grieving we're sad but it's also when, when people are just like s- go really overboard with all of a sudden that's also just mm-hmm. you know it's like where were you before and um it, 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 it seems like it's it's very carefully controlled and allowed like like a like a steam vent that's that somebody else is controlling it doesn't really seem like we're actually standing up for ourselves out of our own accord what do you what do you guys think in terms of because I remember like Jong, like last I remember one of the pods you were on with us, we it was some time ago, but it was like after those um the murder of like those two yeah. Chinese men. Uh it was three. Two, are you talking about the hammer attacks? Yeah. Was it, it was three? three? Yeah. <clears throat> it was three. Okay. And uh, that was like a long time ago, right? Like I mean, almost yeah. exactly two years ago because yeah, it, was it was January ago, of yeah. 2019. And I remember, like, because I was in Korea at the time, okay. and I remember like the pod being uploaded while I was there. So I obviously wasn't on it. And mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that's two years ago. And then, like, at that point, like, it was already not shocking to see violence against Asian people, and that's pre-COVID. Uh huh. Hmm. And I'm just wondering, like, what you guys think in terms of, like, what what is the situation that we're in, in in terms of, is this, like, is this a really serious event of, I mean, I, I of course it is, but I mean, like, how serious, like, how, bi- like, I know, like, okay, so, like, when I talk to some friends uh, who are freaking out about it, uh, they'll go so far as to say that they're worried about, you know, a full on like purge of Asian people from America. And I can't help but think that that's a little bit too alarmist. Uh-huh. But on the other hand, like this is getting out of control. Like not, not only that happened, but then there was every day there's some other attack like that. Yeah. Um, there was an, and, and these are the ones that are caught on camera. The, there was another one on, I think main, um, in, in San Francisco today. Uh, it was like an older, yeah, woman. And yeah, she actually she actually beat the guy down. <laughs> she yeah, did. She, yeah, she fought back and kicked his yeah. ass. But um, he'll have to live with that L for the rest of his life. <laughs> Dude, like it was so in the video that is like circulating circulating on on the internet. Um, you see her and she, uh, you know, you feel so bad for her because she's got like a gash on her forehead. She got an ice pack and she's screaming because you know she's just been attacked. And then the the camera pans. And you see the guy on the stretcher and he's like strapped down on the stretcher and he's sort of like trying to sit up a bit and his head is turned and he's like got his eyes locked on her because he's like, she just beat the shit out of me and I'm not going to let her out of my sight. Like he is so scared. Yo, he's um, bleeding it's too. Awesome. He's on a stretcher. Yeah. <laughs> it's so awesome. I don't know. I, yeah. It, it, made me, it made me smile a bit when I saw that he was just, <laughs> right, he was right. beat. 
you know? Yeah. But I mean, just, I'm just saying like on any, any given random day, like that, that kind of thing will happen kind of in the background yeah. too. And I think the stats seem to bear out that there really is a serious rise in attacks. Um, I don't, there's a lot of different numbers out and I honestly, I just, I don't, I don't know, know which don't, one to, I don't know. I don't which really know which one to believe stat but, to believe, but yeah, John, did you, did you want to, uh, I mean, to your, to your question, teen, like, you know, where, where does this sort of sit in the larger context uh, yeah. is how I understood it. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, and this is not to downplay the, the horror of what happened, but unfortunately, I think this incident and, and the various attacks that we've seen will just be footnotes. They're, they're not like, I don't think, uh, I agree with you that it's alarmist to, to sort of say like, you know, they're just going to come out and execute us or something. Um, but I, I, I guess I'm more concerned with like, okay, this is a sim, this, this is a symptom of what we've seen, uh, kind of what, what it's been building up to. And I guess now, you know, I have two main questions on my mind. One is like, okay, how am I, how is this going to change how I navigate, uh, and, how I navigate the world, how I mm-hmm. assess situations as I, as I come into them. Um, but for, for me, I'm more worried about my family and friends who are in less of a position to defend themselves. Um, right. And like, what can I do to protect them? What can I, what advice can I give? It's really difficult. I don't know what the right answer is. Um, and uh, I mean, like, seriously, like, Right now, the best advice I can give is go get your cardio up. Like, seriously, <laughs> yeah. like if you have to run and, and get yourself to safety, like make sure you have the stamina and endurance to do so. Uh, because like, like self-defense training, that's a whole nother animal. And um, I, you know, that's really difficult to give advice on, let alone like bring somebody up to speed to a, a practical capacity. Um yeah. Oh, I, but, I just want to say, I found the names. They released two of the names of the Korean victims. One is uh-huh. Julie Park, and the other one is Park Hyun Jong. Okay. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, um, thanks, Chris. Yeah. And, and so, like, I think what I'm kind of more worried about is, like, okay, where is this all going? Right? Like, we've seen this coming. Right. Like, that's that's my question is, where I, do you think this- I have no clue, like, dude. What kind of, what kind of, is there, um, is there a historical, like- analogy that mm-hmm. we could use to understand where things stand for us or is this something new i mean japanese internment i think is the one that everyone will say like oh right. you know is it going to head to that but that i mean took, I, I doubt this getting into world war ii to, for that to happen it didn't yeah, just and i just don't think like, that they would just redo it you know they would do it no. in a different way mm-hmm. um yeah they would do it more in secret and i think part some of that is going on already with like purges in uh, you know, within like um government, anyone yes. working with a security clearance, there's a, mm-hmm. there's a ton of prosecutions going on, accusing people of being spies, etc. And you don't hear about those, so I think yeah. there's going to be a lot of secret shit going on. We're not going to yeah. hear about it. I agree, um, and it's probably already happening. But in terms of like just society, I think a lot of Asians that uh, friends that I talk to seem to have a fear that I think the common fear is that hating Asian people is the thing that can unite the left and the right. Mm-hmm. And I, mm-hmm. I think that's yeah. kind of true I because disagree with that. I don't see shit coming from liberals really. Uh, 
that wants to push back systematically on this. I mean, they will say, oh, this is awful. These are hate crimes. But like, right. they no, won't yeah. back down from fanning the xenophobia shit. They won't back down from constantly talking about how Asia and China in particular is a huge threat. It's a threat. What's the greatest enemy? Who's our biggest enemy? They literally right. have fucking polls. Like, who is America's mm-hmm. greatest enemy? And um, they're not going to back down from that. And, you know, I found myself on Twitter today in, in noticing that a lot of, like, white people who identified as, like, progressive liberal or even leftist, you know, anytime, like, someone... Uh, you know, had a tweet that would say something like, you know, th- the this is part of the you know the the reason Asian women get targeted like this has to do with, you know, American um, imperial you know foreign policy in Asia and all this stuff. It's th- th- I don't want to get into that right now because it's a complicated topic, but you would just see these like leftist white people coming in and just being like genocide denier genocide denier like it's a thing that they do now they just revel in it and it fucking freaks me out because i remember like a few months ago when the hong kong uh riots were like going out of control there was like there was a lot of like xenophobia shit going on then too everyone everyone was like just yeah. we hong kong and shit right and i saw this one video <laughs> clip and i've never been Wild able to find it French. again well he, I mean, obviously it's a joke but yeah. i think it's fitting just just the total imposition of like europe onto hong kong but anyway continue yeah. please no but there was this like video of this like white dude who was absolutely oh, yeah. losing his fucking mind uh in the middle of the street during a protest i i don't know if it was in hong kong or if it might have been in europe uh it might have been in the us he was like to Nazis, the Chinese are fucking Nazis, and you don't see it. And I was like, is that the guy who was revealed to be a pedo. I, I, I no, it was a different guy. No, okay. no, I, I know who you're talking about. This was not that guy. Okay, uh, but right. that guy's a fucking freak. No, too. but I think the guy you're talking about was linked to like working with certain organizers. Uh, yeah, perhaps. But like, my point is, I've never seen. Um, it was so fucking weird seeing the passion. That was being like just released, and his like his veins mm-hmm. were popping out. Yeah, he was, and he was like, he, it looked like he wanted to kill like a whole like village of Chinese people. That's what he looked like. He was like, they're fucking Nazis. He was yeah, he was out for fucking blood. And I was like, what the fuck is going on here? And I, I feel like just looking at people online, just like straight up, just like. Okay, this is a fucking day after like all these Chinese and Asian Korean people were killed and you know that there's like a huge outbreak of violence and people on fucking Twitter are like Asian people, Chinese people are trying to make a statement about the connection that they feel between fucking xenophobia and these crimes Mm -hmm. and you have white people just going genocide denier. Yeah. Where the fuck do they get off saying this shit? It's bizarre to me. Yeah, and, uh, it's, and take it it's from crazy. me as somebody like I'm from Vancouver, where there were a lot of Hong Kong people when I was growing up. Trust me, white people did not like those Hong Kong people back then. And to think that these are the same people now crying over <laughs> them, saying we're gonna, we're, I'm willing to go to war for these people. Get the fuck out of here. And uh, secondly, you you think. You point to like a, you know, what, when has this happened for the closest analogy I can 
think of uh, are when like Muslims and you know Muslim looking people, you know whatever that means, right. were targeted. S- Sikhs, and yeah, and uh, and uh, the spiriting thing about that is the only reason why uh, even like white liberals stopped targeting them was that the Muslim world is weak. It's not a real threat. There, it's like at best they're what they're like uh, cutter. Like that, <laughs> you know, if you're either like a tiny but rich country or, or big and, and totally unstable or, or you know, sanctioned all mm-hmm. to, to all yeah. hell. Unstable because you're san- sanctioned. Yeah. Yeah. Right. No, that's, right. you know, you know? I mean, speaking of that, it reminds me of, you know, the last time I saw a white dude lose his shit uh, to the same degree was when Rudy Giuliani was at that, was at the Republican uh, National Convention. And he was like, do you remember that time when he was screaming, uh, Radical Islam is the enemy. Yeah, yeah I was that and during people, Mitt Romney's convention or Trump's convention? Trump's. Or what, okay. Yeah, yeah. It was pretty recent, and he he'd already gone like full full fucking you know leaking. Had leaking he started? Yeah, had he started dripping yet? Yeah, yeah, leaking hair dye, uh, Giuliani. Oh, I full thought he eating yeah. his boogers, Giuliani. But like, <laughs> he's like that was the last time I saw like a white dude just like fucking lose it with the like. They are our mortal enemy. They're fucking killing us. Yeah. And I just got to think like, is this something that they need? Is this something that white people need is they're just so sick of being told that they're racist and colonizers and problematic and whatever or whatever that and they're fighting and they're tired of fighting with each other. I think white people are fucking tired of fighting with each other that they really need like some there's some deep visceral need to find a foreign enemy that they can both agree to go and kill. Oh yeah, absolutely. And it just yeah. it just releases so much frustration. Yeah, they don't have to worry about their own hate. fucking problems. They don't have to worry about their own fucked up shit. They don't have to worry about their own fucked up nope. shit. And and I Not think that they ever really it, did anyway, but yeah. Part of it is they just have so much fucking resentment against black people, against women, against like Muslims against everyone that they have to, you know, bite their tongue, especially the fucking liberals, the ones that, you know, they've got to, they've got to, um, you know, swallow it down, right. They've got to swallow it down and accept the criticism and try to be woke. And you know what? You can't keep the act up. Eventually those, those inner fucking demons, it's going to, it's going to have to go somewhere. And so when, whenever they even feel the remotest, the most remote sense of victimhood, the most remote, plausible sense of victimhood. So it, now what? Chinese people gave you COVID, right? Or whatever. Right. Uh, oh, Chinese people ruined your economy. The, that, that slight sense of fucking victimhood, it just all explodes out. And now they're the biggest fucking victims in the world. They're just, they're all over Twitter, just fucking claiming victimhood at the hands of China. Like they're, I mean, it's just fucking crazy. It's like they think they're the Uyghurs and the genocide is against them. That's yeah. what's really going on. Well, you, you know, know what I mean? You know what the twisted thing, though, is that the Uyghurs kind of look white. And there's this, I think, this weird, um, there might be like this weird identification. You see it when they get so obsessed with like forced marriages between the Han Chinese and, and the Uyghur women. Uh, you know, huh. something like psychosexual That's, is going on that there. That is an interesting angle. I had not uh, considered that. Uh, but teen, um, I agree with all that. But let's l- let's be generous and say they actually harbor none of those like bigoted feelings. I, I think even then, there's this, like this innate human need to feel some sense of purpose. And I think a, a lot of Americans, uh, especially kind of like younger Americans who who never really knew of of like any anything more than this, 
they are in search of like like, like a purpose in their lives and i i think it i mean you can you, you can tell why say like a right winger or or such would do that with their you know just open embrace of just american greatness and nationalism but on the left you 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 know it might be not as obvious especially if they're purportedly anti-war and stuff but i think it, it comes from that same sense of uh just you know trying to eradicate that sense of purpose purposelessness and i think the same drive that would turn them from this like a political fail son type to embrace something like you know, leftish, leftish politics, uh, you know, identifying sometimes to ludicrous extent as, as part of the working class, despite, you know, they're come from a perfectly <laughs> comfortable background. They went to good colleges and, uh, you know, they probably hold a white collar job or something. Uh, just extend that to the, to the international sphere. So what is, what is their like great narrative? And they're like, oh yeah, uh, China, there's no, there's no conflict there either. L- let's say like, China was like like a big country in say Africa or like the Middle East. There are built-in mechanisms to make them guilty about just going full on, you know, genocide or war. But with Asians, uh, there's no such thing holding them back. They can just go full out. I think that's what's so comforting about it, because they they can finally let that filter just just they, they can just ignore it, and they can just say whatever the fuck they want. Yeah, they've been given a pass. Yeah, even a day after like all these, I mean, even in the middle of this, the day after, they're just like, yeah, fuck you. I'm a, I'm a white guy. I've been victimized by you. Genocide denier. It's just, it's crazy. Uh, it's, I mean, it's, it's scary a, to me, honestly. Yeah. I mean, um, that, that does scare me to, to an extent. Because, I mean, like you said, Chris, I mean, yeah, sure. I, I agree that they're looking for a purpose, but why can't their purpose be like, I don't know. Fixing America. Fixing America. Like, well, that's, healthcare. that's, that's people who like focus on the problems of others, right? Uh, no, ten- I think these are, what I'm saying is these are, these are those people. They, yeah, they, yeah, like, yeah. it's surprising who's saying this shit. You know, it's people, it's people who otherwise really are focused on things like, you know, oh, I'm on a, you know, really progressive agenda in America. I'm really focused on that shit. But when it comes to this stuff, like, I feel like there is a need for white people, especially, you know, really uh, henpecked liberals and progressives, <laughs> right? To just be like, get off my back. I need to go yell at some non-white people in my... I need to be racist. I need to be able to v- vent my fucking racial frustrations right. somewhere. On no one's going to push back on it. That no one's going to push back on it. I need yeah. it. I think, I think in a way, that's why they need China to be the threat. It, it's, it's not the- out of any real, you know, strategic thinking. It's not, you know... It may align with some Pentagon thinking about how we're going to, how the, how they're going to fucking uh, contain China and build a bunch of next generation weapons and stuff. Okay. But their real thinking in this part in supporting this, I think is to say fucked up shit. Like Iglesias said about like, you know what? We need to make a billion Americans and we need to make women have like five babies. We need to get that. We need to get that white fertility rate up. Yeah. You know, I, I, I see it as a similar vein or people who, bemoan the fact that international adoptions are way down right mm-hmm. like it's sort of in the vein of like yeah you know we need five we need every you know white uh, woman to have five kids and if we can adopt five kids from other countries then that that's even better so we'll have 10 kids uh, it's in it, wait but what if those adoptees uh you know are like replacement children for no no it, it's an addition to okay so they're actually these um christian uh sects 
that um, promote not only having like your own children, biological children, but then adopting like tons and tons of kids. So, is anyway. that so you you are taking away from another nation's? It's partly white saviorism, children? but I could th- I could see it fitting into that uh, into what you're saying as well, Chris. Mm-hmm. Like, not only are you um, going to feel good about yourself, but it's also sort of taking taking that resource away from other nations. Do you, do you remember that? I forgot who he was, but he was like pretty high up, um, like military uh, officer. I forget which branch. And he was giving this like really fucking aggro speech about China, like crazy aggro speech about China at like, you know, I think it was at West Point. And he actually said something like, if China doesn't submit, someone else will be raising their children. Yeah. Like, oh, you, that, you mean that the, was the where American, he went. The American yeah. children. Uh, no, 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 no. He meant that someone we else would be taking the Chinese children. We would be taking Chinese kids and raising yeah. them as our own. Like, and and we did this with the Native Americans as well. Yeah. Right. Yeah, Not only I, did I, we, you know, out and out kill them, but we stole their children to try to on both ends. Right. You kill the adults and you take the children. That's full eradication. Oh, so you're saying that if they don't, if they don't surrender, we're going to kill them and take their children. Yeah, yeah. in a sense. Okay. And. Yeah, they're, they're basically they're saying like we're just going to create a nation of orphans, and we've done that. Be, be, I mean, look, because, look, because we're going to kill all before, the parents. Yeah. Look what we did in Vietnam. Like we literally yeah. took the baby lift to save the children. No, we it, stole fucking kids. That's and what you know we the did. thing about that shit is like when they say that, I'm sure like they get in a little bit of trouble. But like they get in trouble in the way of be like, dude, come on, man, tone it down a little bit. Like don't say the don't say that out loud. That's for the. Were you drunk? You know, like, were you drinking again? (laughs) Yeah. Like, you know, like, it's, it's weird because, like, I, a lot of times, I mean, I, 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 I confess that when, you know, we have discussions about, you know, people have discussions about a book like Settlers or, um, you know, a lot of these like leftist texts that talk about the settler colonial mindset, the colonizer mindset. I mean, part of me still, I cannot help it. And even now, I, I can't help but think like some of it is like intentional overstatement. And some of it is intentionally sure. trying to shake you out of your complacency about this shit, about white culture, to see the other side of it, right? So I always see it as kind of like overstated. But when I see that shit, when I see people just going around calling people genocide deniers, and I'm like, you sound like Pompeo, like... like nobody's actually making a genocide claim here the only person who did that was pompeo the state department has since walked it back so i don't know where they're walked it back too right so no one's actually making even a even even the most anti-china uh factions are not making uh these genocide claims but you see liberals and progressive liberals and leftists, white leftists making these claims. The conversation has gone grown far outside of whatever Pompeo or Zen. Like it's taken on a life of its own. I didn't even yeah, know it Zen had walked it back. But yeah, sure yeah, yeah. no one's reporting on it. He walked it back to cultural genocide. Oh. He, didn't, he didn't really mean a physical genocide. He, he meant a cultural uh-huh. genocide. It's just, yeah, you're right. I mean, it's taken on a life of its own. It's just in the air now. And it's like they want it to be there. And they get yeah. upset if you take their bone away. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, they yeah. get real upset and they don't want to hear any challenge. They don't want to hear any facts. They they like the fact, this is my point. They like the fact that there's a, a in in our in the discourse, right? Or whatever, there is now this thing called the Uyghur genocide. Yeah. 
And we can use that almost, they can almost like subrogate the suffering, the, the, suffering that they imagine right. is going on it's their well, suffering they're, the, well, they're yeah. the superheroes and they need a villain to fight back against right and to bring it back to sort of talking about these attacks and how a lot of this xenophobia and, and even this specific xenophobia um relates to like the, the violence against asian women and men in in america like that was the stated goal i think of the brooklyn hammer attacker right he was going to kill the asian men Right. Yeah. To like help the, the Asian women. Yeah. Um, yeah. He had said like he had seen, I don't know what movies he had seen. Right. Yeah. Because he he saw some movies and yeah. he said yeah. that Chinese men were a fucking nightmare because they like are basically, they basically enslaved their women and he needed to uh, free them. I don't know what the fuck he watched. Yeah, I don't, no, I don't, I don't think anyone yeah. ever reported on uh, what it was. No, mm-hmm. I don't think they ever did, but, yeah. I, but, it, but it relates back. I mean, that's it. It's it. it you you can you can try to claim that these are only the crazies that sort of take these lessons to heart, but people take this to heart at various different levels. Some of them go and actually attack, um, you know, uh, uh, Asian people very publicly. Others just abuse Asian women privately, you yeah. know, and it doesn't ever come out. But it, the but it's all fed and comes from you know obviously, and we're not going to get into the whole history of the anti Asianness or anti Asian racism in America, but it comes from a lot of this talk. You know, it doesn't just come up in a vacuum. No one just sort of wakes up one day and decides, you know, I'm going to hate Asian. I hate Asian people today. I wonder if there's a danger that Asian Americans are essentially going to get Stockholm syndrome by basically America itself, where all these attacks will happen. And then we're going, and then, you know, President Biden or, or whoever, you know, just says like, yeah, let's not do that, and we're gonna be like, oh, thank you know, thank God for for our great president. He's he's gonna protect. He did us. do that. It's, it's copium, dude. It's fucking copium. <laughs> yeah, but he it, did that today or the day before. He spoke out against the anti Asian racism. Yeah, and, and that's conference. gonna be that's gonna be enough. And then and it's just gonna keep happening again and again until we, we just become used to it. And then it'll, all it'll take is just yeah, remember that we, pathetic we bill he, that executive order that he signed like a month yeah. or two ago. Yeah. Uh, best practices, guys. Let's uh, let's let's do that to to God, s- best save practices. Asian America. I think I think <laughs> I there's always that. a danger that that's gonna happen. But I do think that this time around, it does seem like there's more uh, yeah. of a like the the like I don't the think people are falling for it. Democrat aligned you know political lackeys they're not in control of the topic anymore like i you know what i mean like mm-hmm. I, I just think about like when andrew yang came out and did that washington post thing the op-ed right the op-ed and it was so fucking like he got so wrecked that they actually like had to publish um a critique of it by like a 23 year old you know, a woman like who <laughs> yeah. was like, yeah, Yang's an assimilationist fucking hack. He's still um, going to be mayor of New York. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't mind him in that position yeah. as much as, it, you know, running, being a Biden lackey. But um, like, it, I don't know. I, I, I do. I do think I hope anyway that like that, at least with the Internet and uh, what's going on, it, it's not it's not going to be so easy for them to uh, lull us into a false sense of security. Yeah, I think it depends who you're talking about, you know, Um, definitely like amongst younger people that I happen to talk to. I I don't I don't know if it'll like they'll fall into that same trap, 
But I think there are, is a segment of Asians, uh, particularly Asian Americans, um, for whom this is copium. Like they, they genuinely still yeah. want to hold on to their pre-existing ideas of what this country is and, and put a lot of weight into the symbolic, um, the symbolic gestures. Uh, but at the end of the day, like these symbolic gestures don't mean shit if you're the one getting attacked or, or, you know, you're the one getting harassed. It, there's it also nothing. What, there's also what JCK said, which I think is important in that this, like, I think people are, you're like definitely amplifying this one. And in fact, I think they even have like a rally set up to go like fucking tomorrow to Atlanta. Like, I don't know where, but okay. I, it might be a zoom rally for all I know. Um, yeah. where they are going to, it's going to be like a uh, yellow squares against white supremacy or some shit Holy like that. Fuck. And it's like, uh, uh, you know, it's opportunistic, right? Because they, they, we didn't, nobody had a rally when the attacker was like black or, or not white. Right. Mm hmm. And the well, second they had they rallies, have, but it would be like solidarity, or they probably they know I think they actually had like against white supremacy rallies, ra either rallies in general, or white. rallies against white supremacy in specifically. I, I think or, even against white supremacy. Uh, no, I mean like uh, teen. You, you were saying you didn't see rallies. Well, like, what well, I'm saying is like the response here is a lot easier for the liberals because and they're, and they're going to jump yeah, on this yeah, and yeah, i think yeah. this one's going to get a lot of attention because why well, it is a really bad crime and it deserves it needs to be but it's centered and i'm glad that they're doing it i i'm not that cynical where i don't think right all of it is just totally you know bullshit but it's but, much I easier mean, to call out it's easier to call out Way especially easier, for because liberals. they don't they don't have to deal with the uh the contradict i don't know if it's really a contradiction or it's not a contradiction i guess it's, it's just a complication that, yeah that was made of, but made most of the attacks like, like okay. What happened to Ely is as, if not more horrifying, because it was like a gang rape. Like yeah. on a visceral level, it is. It was like numbers wise, yeah. it was you know she was so called only one person, but the things that were done to her yeah. was just oh, like oh my yeah. god, it was a fucking show. video, like, slow, dude, horrible. The, oh, mm -hmm. You know, just yeah, yeah. That was yeah. that was torture a at a at a fucking barbaric level that i don't even i don't like think about it sadistic just. yeah like i it's it's um like i i don't i didn't i i heard there was a video kind of like that i can't I don't, watch, I don't i'm not watch watching it. that no one needs um, to watch that but her attackers her killer was black or or alleged yeah. killer is black there were two Young of black. them right it was, yeah more, i know I of one i saw i saw the um I saw the one one of them, I, but I think you're, there were multiple. It was a group. There was at least maybe two. only there two. At least two. Yeah. Maybe yeah. only two actually attacked her, but they were they were in a bigger group. And it was a rape. Yep. And so this is a and and they were saying all sorts of racial shit about it. Like I love didn't there was mm -hmm. all I, yeah. stuff like you know I love to rape me some chinks ch chink bitch or whatever. And they videotaped it too, I believe. Yeah. And so that was every bit as misogynistic and racialized. Uh, in a way that would should horrify liberal feminists, right? Uh, it should horrify anyone, but it was the you know I mean it couldn't be more clear. But I just don't think it elicited the response because of the complication that the attacker was black, and uh, that's the you know I guess I'm bringing this up just because when uh, Chris you're saying like you fear. That you know, oh, this will just become you know this milk toast, you know. Let's 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 um, have a moment of silence, kind of thing. 
I think JCK has a point to say that no, there we're because of that most of these are actually uh or not all of them are white attackers, that a lot of Asians are actually kind of ripe for picking by the right wing. Yeah, where mm-hmm. we would get because because of the lackluster response by the Democrats, um, that we could get um lured by a law and order oh totally uh agenda you know and i see i see a lot of people asians talking about i was at the range uh last weekend and i saw um like an older asian couple like in their 60s roll up both of them were packed yeah and uh we're packing and um i could see asians becoming the new you know the new hot commodity among the gun lobby and Oh, definitely. You know, hey, can we get the Asians to come over to all the right wing? Can we can they come to CPAC and they'll they'll treat us like VIPs? Shit. Because yeah. think about it. I mean, like, think about how da- how da- like the police. I mean, the police chief in 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 New York City was criticizing the DA uh, Cyrus Vance for not bringing hate crime charges against the the stabber in uh, right. Chinatown. Yeah. The police chief. Was criticizing the liberal, the liberal right. progressive DA. I think ex police yeah. chief, not the not the acting one. Oh, is that right? Yeah, it was, he was, he used to be. Okay, but either way, I mean, yeah. you see the political oh, um, yeah, reversal yeah. there, right? Uh, a police chief asking a DA to bring hate crime charges. Yeah, and the DA I, is a liberal progressive. And to to uh, support your point, um, I think I remember the NRA put out a video. Uh, of like uh, it was like marketing material and there were younger younger people i think one of them was an asian man um a young man and uh basically highlighted them you know and, and this man was th- this this young man was talking about how you know america is a great country because you can protect yourself with firearms and that whole spiel uh they're definitely on top of it and they see the opportunity and i see that opportunity uh at least amongst um young men that i know that are frustrated uh, by the violence and rhetoric being directed at them. And um, I mean, and this is America, dude. Like that is, that's what America teaches you. Like in response to an aggressor, this is what you're supposed to do. And what is the like liberal response? It's nothing, right? It's, you know, hopes no, and prayers, like, go- you know, yeah, hopes and prayers. My heart is broken. I'm grieving. Uh, guns, uh, come on, guys. Uh, you know, it, the yeah, guns are vi- no good. Or, no violence. Don't fight, you know. Or let's not call the cops, guys, even when some bad shit happens to you, because uh, that's like that's like part of the carceral state. And it's yeah, so that's just when they blame it on capitalism. Right. Oh, but, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. like, what are guys, we supposed we, to do? We, we, got, uh, we got an ally with our black and brown uh folks and dismantle capitalism it just doesn't mean anything it's just complete bullshit like nobody knows what the hell that means and, and it's by design because you the second you actually propose a plan right you're gonna butt up against some interests there's yeah. gonna have to be some negotiation there's gonna have to be some haggling and all that they don't want to do that so they'll just right. say we need allyship we need to dismantle this or that oh it's all white supremacy this this all uh, this god of a force uh that nobody really knows what it is but it controls everything Right. And, and, you know, I mean, and Red Canary Song had some good tweets today about sort of, you know, talking about how, uh, you know, the increased police presence is why Yang Song died. Right. So not necessarily saying like you have to call for more policing, but I think that 
when the only answer to someone who's saying like, well, if I can't have more police, right, because they recognize maybe that having more police officers isn't going to solve the problem. Well, then what is your solution, right? Because if the only, if your answer to that is, well, we're going to dismantle capitalism, what the fuck is that? Yeah. Like, and you, and you can't even say like, um, let's have community sort of watch groups where we want to organize sort of like, um, people to escort people who feel, you know, like have groups of people who will volunteer to escort others if they feel like they need an escort. Like, so like they'll even say, no, you can't do that. That's, that's vigilantism. Like, what are you, what are you talking about? Right. So it's like, you can't, yeah, you're the response to everything being like, you know, cause we asked before or, or, you know, John, you were saying like, how am I, what, what's my, what's your recommendation for, um, like to protect yourself? When your only answer is like basically nothing and you shoot down everything as being anti-woke or you're gonna be, it's going to be part of the problem, it doesn't help. It, it, it pushes people um, away uh, and, yeah. it, and it makes you seem like you don't care. Like you don't actually care about the, the, you know, someone's safety. You just care that you look correct. Like you have the correct opinion in the moment for whatever social group you're in. Uh, it's and, entirely disconnected from, yeah. from the experience of getting assaulted. Right. Cause like if someone told me that they got assaulted, right? I wouldn't be like, well, don't, you better not have called the police. Like, come on. <laughs> like that's yeah. what kind of response is that? Like, and, and I, and I don't, and I hate the police. I think all of us <laughs> can say on this pod that we, we are not fans of the police. Mm-hmm. But if someone's assaulted, yeah, call, call an ambulance and call the fucking cops. Yeah. Here, like, yeah. After you're the right. fact. Yeah, like, great. because on. because the and this is something and I've heard a lot of people been saying this lately and the more I think about it because it's always been an interesting idea to me the more I'm seeing it play out in real life which is that the left just doesn't care about power it doesn't no, care about actual power and how to navigate power whereas the right cares only about power and so when I think the right wing mentality like it's not so much like, oh, we have different opinions on topics or like we have different takes on issues. It's no, like you have different attitudes about power. The left doesn't yeah. want power. It doesn't want power. And for like white liberals and stuff, they're already like comfortable. They don't have any fucking problems. They, they're just, yeah. they're, they, they just want to act out, right? But right wingers, they're like, look, I'm, you don't need to love cops, but the cops are the only fucking play in town that can help you with this shit. As well as arming yourself. And guess who's mm-hmm. going to let you do that is the right wing. So you ain't got to love us. You don't, we're racist. You don't have to love us. But the enemy of your enemy is your friend. That's one principle in power. That is a principle. Black people that are, that are attacking you, well, the right wing is going to be like, the cops are on your side on that one. And if you want to get a gun, guess who's out lobbying to make damn sure it's going to be easy as hell for your immigrant, non-English speaking parents to get a gun? Because we don't ha- we we don't want any fucking barriers, None. and uh, you know they they want no barriers. I mean, the yeah, parents aren't it's documented. I don't give a shit. I, yeah. yeah, we get them yeah. guns. But the Atlanta and, the Atlanta shooter bought a gun that morning. Yeah, that yeah. Plus, also, like the, the, the left not not only do they not care about power. They, you know, if, if the left can be defined as as a trauma centric ideology, uh, I mean. The left, kind of more. Into, I think we we're talking more about like liberals uh, and progressives as opposed to like hard leftists. But if mm-hmm. you're a trauma centric yeah. ideology, 
power actually uh, diminishes you because you can no longer claim trauma. You cannot claim victimhood while you're in power. And, and you see this with all the people who got off so much, who really, I mean, at least going off on Twitter, they had the time in their lives when Trump was in power. They like, not only, they were making bank, they were, you know, on Twitter, they were having so much fun. And now, now that he's gone, you, you get the sense that kind of like how Trump needed Hillary to to really enjoy life. And once, once she was no longer there, he kind of, you know, he would even <laughs> vote her, you know, in the last election, be like, dude, Hillary hasn't been relevant for like years now. Um, you can kind of sense that with liberals, like, God damn it, now, now we're in power. Fuck, this is not fun. I'd yeah. rather be, I'd rather right. be making, a, you know, sassy, smart aleck tweets at, at Trump. Yeah, now we people gotta are going to actually, actually expect you to do shit now. Yeah. And one yeah. thing I do, one like point of warning that I, I or concern that I have, um, it is absolutely true that the right is way more inviting um, to anyone that'll help them, you know, get, get uh, their second amendment uh, policies right. through the door, the, the anti-affirmative action stuff too. Yeah, and it will, you know, yes, it's great that it will give uh, more Asians access to to these weapons to protect themselves in that respect. If you believe that that's the right thing, then it's great. But here's the thing: the right and and the the institutions in general uh, have powers that ex- that far exceed what one person can do with a gun. Of course. And like we've, we saw that, uh, at play with Jared Haw, right? Jared Haw legally defended himself using a weapon he was allowed to carry and used it in a way that was justified. Despite that, he lost his admissions to the university. He was, um, he mm-hmm. almost, uh, lost, um, his freedom as, as a, as a citizen because the, um, the initial reports were lies. Right. The women that attacked him claimed that Jared was attacking them and uh, and claimed that the that the man who attacked Jared uh, was just protecting the women. Right. So, right. like, it, you know, it's as far as it is a solution to protect your life or your family or your loved ones in the moment. Um, don't be fooled into thinking well, that, like, the, you know, we're well, not, the, we're not vulnerable that, in other ways. That's true. But I would add that. That's true of the left too, because the the yeah. the issue yeah. there is that he was he gutted a white dude, right? Yeah, that was the problem. Was that yeah. Jared Ha? He protected he, himself against the wrong he protect, person. He protected himself against exactly. a white guy, and exactly. not just any white guy. It was like yeah. the jock white guy that everyone loves. Yeah. And in any political, uh, in any political, in either political side, the Asian guy's going to lose. That's no question. Everyone oh, loses to the white guy, right? The difference, I think, is that on the right, they will they they'll say, "Look, you're you, we will make you our f- most favored minority. So if you come help us, we will make sure that you have your right to like protect yourself against you 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 have the right to go out and use your guns against black people. Don't use them against white people because we're not going to protect you, right?" So you're still going to get bullied by white people. You're you're still going to be subordinate right. to us, but among the minorities, you'll be our most favored. That's the deal that we want to cut. I mean, for that's you. always been the deal, right? That's always been the deal. And whereas with the liberals, they're kind of like, "You Asians ain't got no fucking play here." And plus, we we've got much bigger problems than you motherfuckers. So why don't you all? We'll throw you a fucking yellow square party, and then we'll do a little rah rah about the white supremacy, and then shut the fuck up, okay? And that's basically what happened in uh, in San Francisco 
when um, you know we're we're talking about this guy in Cherokee saying that the guy had a bad day. Well, the guy that killed the um, the the Thai guy. Oh yeah. Um, he he the Chesa Bowden in uh, the the DA in San Francisco said that the guy had a temper tantrum. He was like, I'm not sure it was racially motivated. It sounded like the guy just had a temper tantrum. Yeah, but then the the right also ramps up the the xenophobia even more though than the liberal. So how you're gonna have to totally disavow being chinese i mean if you're gonna go with the right the right there's a lot of strings attached with the right i'm not saying yeah yeah we're not endorsing going to the right well yeah but how does that like balance out do you think do you think the the law and order thing will like slightly edge out the negatives of the sinophobia i think people will always prioritize immediate safety over some theoretical safety yes Mm -hmm. i'd agree with that I see. And I, I think also uh, what JCK's pointed out is true. It's, we're not talking about like deep red areas. I think we're talking about places where Republicans are vying for power. Places like large, right, ci- right. large cities in Texas, large cities in Virginia, large cities in North Carolina. Yeah, they're not you doing know, this in even places where it's deep red. Yeah, yeah, like, Midwest where we're talking battleground states. Yeah, that they're going to make a concerted effort, uh, and where there's a lot of Asians, like in Texas, like mm-hmm. in uh, maybe in, in Illinois, Michigan, places like that. Uh, not a ton, but a, a lot. You know, quite a sizable number, right? And they're going to be like, look, um, you know, we are we are the party that cares about your safety. The Democrats don't care about your safety, and it's not going to be hard to make that case because look at. Look at the way the liberals have been treating this shit. I mean, yeah. it, the Asian, Asian people see this. I, I have a I have a friend who worked. Uh, I don't want to provide too many details, but provided uh, worked with a mayoral campaign um, somewhere in California, and the the mayor was a Republican candidate. And when he first told us that he was working for this guy, we, we my me and my friends gave him so much shit. Um, you know, like why are you working with Republicans? This and that. And he, he, you know, he was like, all the jokes aside, he, he was like, look, it's really simple. They're giving me a shot. They're giving me a job. They're paying me well. They don't disrespect me, you know, at my face. So like that I have no like real beef against the people I work with. And, uh, and like in my community and the people I talk to, the Democrats aren't doing shit. So I might as well try and get, uh, a mayor, a Republican mayor who says that they're going to try and do things for my community. Right. You know, I've been. Then someone who says given, doesn't say anything, right? Yeah. I, he was given the opportunity to be a representative to the Vietnamese community in his, in his city. Um, and, you know, he would share with us like things that he was able to accomplish, um, th- you know, while working for this mayor. And like, how can I fault that, you know? It's hard. It's hard yeah. to when it, this yeah. is an issue of choice. This is not an issue of oh, what what is my ideal? And that's the liberal fantasy shit right. where they're like, oh no, no, no. What we need to do is um, dismantle capitalism and and tear down the um, institution of white supremacy. And you're like, okay, but they what might are we going to well be do? asking for world peace? Just wait what till are we world peace do? comes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, during the next Congress, <laughs> right? Right? Like, right? Right? What, what's the how bill? are we going to get the votes to pass this bill we want to pass? What's your anti-capitalism yeah. bill? What does that look like? <laughs> right. what, yeah. What, what you, are the points in this bill that you're? Yeah. Gonna, what is? What's that going to yeah, do? And, Can I see a draft? <laughs> right. Well, and and that I think that goes to something you were you um you you were tweeting about and you were writing about and and is that like 
when it when push comes to shove, right? Are these so-called white leftists, um, who the ones that say they want to dismantle white supremacy and and you know topple capitalism and all that, are they actually going to do the things or support the change that would that's required to actually do those things? No, they won't because it means that they will be they will lose in that equation, right? If you're if you're gonna if you're actually gonna make the change to like dismantle white supremacy, that means that you you worthless you know you you mediocre you know white dude, you're gonna lose you're gonna go down a couple of pegs. So like it doesn't mean anything coming from those people, you know? Yeah. Like yeah, dismantle I mean, capitalism. <laughs> like yeah, okay. Yeah. I mean, I guess my attitude about this is like I I am not. Uh, at all intrigued by the right, and I think that they're be, they are going to be yeah. totally opportunistic and exploitative. But I can see that people. I, I what I want to do is give credit to Asian people who um, are are more tempted by the right to say that I think that this is more that's more of a symbiotic relationship than it is necessarily like I'm a full blown maga chud. I think there's a recognition that it's like, look, uh, I might throw in with the enemy because you all need to be kept honest. And I think that this is an issue that um, black voters keep finding with the Democratic Party, which is like they vote for Democrats, you know, greater in, in numbers, greater than 90 plus percent every time. And so the Democrats take their vote for granted. And they never fucking foreground their uh, their agenda, even though they're the most loyal uh, constituents out there. And it's it's kind of an opposite uh, thing where it's like actually it's the least loyal constituents that are going to get well, um, yeah. the attention. Right. Yep. It's the it's the fucking uh, Midwest white guy who's kind of like I kind of like Trump. I mean, fuck you. Like, he's going to get the attention from the Democrats. Well, look look at what happened with the um, with the uh, the the aid bill or the stimulus bill, right? Manchin and the other people who are threatening to not vote for it, they got their concessions, right? We didn't get the minimum wage hike, we, all that stuff. So it's it's the it's the squeaky wheel is going to get the grease. Yeah. There's also a right. third option. Like if you are Asian American, you are fed up with like the Democrats, but you also know the Republicans are, are just, you know, completely opportunistic and, you know, are even more racist and xenophobic. You could also just not vote. That could be your way of. No, but that's know, already been. Of, I mean, people do do that. But that, yeah, that's but, splitting your vote. Yeah, that, that's, mean, that's, yeah, you're right. It's a middle ground position. You can essentially, you could do one vote for the Dems. One vote for the Republicans or half for each is what a no right. vote is. Yeah. So, so, I mean, there are places where that could actually make a difference because, I mean, I, un- unless they're like lying, there are places in like Virginia, even like Texas, and definitely in California where Asian votes matter. And, you know, if you really can't bring yourself to vote for the Republicans, you could, or, you know, just I, vote for the third party. Like, I don't think that's going to send party. a message though, man. Well, it could if like... The, like the turnouts are are bad. Like they do focus on turnouts. I, I don't know because like my impression is is that okay, like black voters come out for the Dems and then the Dems don't win. Then they'll go like, well, how come the Latino vote didn't come out? Or how come the, you know, the rising <laughs> yeah, rights, uh, right Why didn't the Latinos that voted 70, 70% for us not come out 80%? Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's always some other bullshit reason why they were unable to accomplish what they wanted to accomplish. 
when it really just quite simply comes down to like they don't they don't seem to care. If actions speak louder than words, they sure as hell don't seem to care. The other yeah. problem with this is that there's really nothing that the government can do. With what? You mean the the violence? Yeah. Yeah, I don't really think there's anything it's, it's you can cult- really it's do. It's a cultural yeah. thing yeah, that's cultural. deeply yeah. embedded. It's not going to, you know, you can't, yeah. you can't pass a bill. Right. Uh, outlaw, like, oh, mur- murder's bad, you know. <laughs> you can't yeah, have I mean, like six months. That says murder's right. bad. You can't have six months of like the State Department not, you know, being nice to China and that suddenly is going to, you know, change the attitude. Like, yeah, yeah I think the kind of, I, I think the kind of like dirty secret is, I mean, a lot of people are like saying like, Oh, this is Trump's fault. I, I think he no. made it worse, but this, I think this, even if, uh, even if say like, uh, we had this perfectly nice president who never said anything. I think the, the fact is everybody knows there's a shift in the global order. You don't need a president saying Wuhan virus or China virus, uh, for people to get that sense. And it, I think it would have happened either way. Maybe it would have well, taken a few more months or, or a year or something, but I don't think it, it, it's just one person saying a few bad words. Where I disagree with it. you is the framing. And, and, and I don't disagree with you, uh, that like Trump was the sole person, is the sole person to blame or anything. I think he, he added a lot of fuel to the fire. But where I disagree with you are that like public figures, influential figures, especially presidents or other government officials, um, they have the opportunity to craft a certain narrative and frame the discussion a certain way. And currently the discussion and framing has been completely adversarial as opposed to a, a different framing, which might be more along the lines of looking inward, uh, reflecting on what we can do mm. better as a society, as a country and, uh, and working on ourselves. No, instead we decide to make it uh, us versus them, which to be fair, America has always done. Um, so it's nothing new. I don't expect anything different, but I don't think that it's that they're blameless. Uh, I don't think that the conversation necessarily had to go this direction. Um, at, well, no, at, of course it didn't have to. No, but. at best it was a mistake. Uh, at worst, it was a calculated uh, decision to turn the conversation. Yeah, I mean, it well. didn't have to go in the direction in the exact way that Trump took it. But uh, to but to your point, John, like. The U.S. has always used this sort of adversarial language, not only towards Asia uh, and China specifically, but to a lot of, you know, to Russia and, and to other areas. Uh-huh. So, I think it's it would have been a surprise if we hadn't gone that direction when it came to something like this. For more, sure. More surprise, than, yes. Right. Uh, but it's still, I mean, I think they can still be held accountable for, oh, for yeah, pushing no, the narrative it's not, that way. That, that isn't, yeah, that isn't to say that it's not still wrong Yeah, bad that they did But it. removing, but like... You know, if we were able to like undo all the effects of Trump's words over the last four years, it wouldn't. We'd we'd be in a similar place. This you're, what yeah. you're saying kind of brings up a question that I've been kind of like struggling a little bit with uh, on my own, which is that in a way, like as Asian Americans, we do kind of pay the price for the success of Asia in in this sort of like in the in the in the Success of Asia relative to this sort of like struggle mm. with the preeminence of the U.S. system. Uh-huh. And so as we see Asia and uh, in particular China um, sort of amassing uh, power and wealth, and, uh, and I'm happy to see that, honestly. Uh, I'd be it'd be dishonest of me to say that as a Chinese person, I'm not happy that people in China are living good lives. Oh, you yeah, don't want yeah. them living in the dirt like 
you know, they did just yeah, a few I mean, decades I'm ago. Korean, yeah. I'm happy they're yeah, living better thing. lives. Yeah. So I don't feel any, uh, you know, awkwardness saying that. But on the yeah. other hand, it's like, I do know that uh, that primes the pump for a lot of resentment here in America. And uh, in a way, the, um, the, 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 the gains in China are, uh, you know, people like, uh, you know, people living in New York and Atlanta and San Francisco kind of have to uh, pay the tab for that in a way. Yeah, like and, what uh, benefit we get is is all emotional, right? Psychological. We don't actually feel the you know we don't get their you know, bullet trains. We don't get their nice you know infrastructure. <laughs> we don't, yeah, yeah. We just get the. the we can't even goods. get the phones, man. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys want to talk about that Bill Maher segment? I mean, it's, it's I didn't watch. Yeah, that. I think that Irrelevant. was part. That was a, that was a big one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, you guys want to talk about it? Yeah, I didn't yeah. watch it either. But please, yeah, oh. go ahead. Oh, I should I just des- describe? It? Yeah, describe it. Yeah, so Bill Maher pretty much says, uh, and, he, and he says that, um, uh, quote, uh, Americans are now a silly people. They're obsessed with, you know, what gender is uh, Mr. Potato Head, whereas China's actually improving the lives of its people. Um, the, you know, One Belt uh, Road Initiative is, you know, the biggest infrastructure project in the history of the world. And, you know, he compares like airports in China to airports in America. And he says this without any, he like blames America for it, just like for being stupid and obsessed over the dumbest things. And he says like, you know, China's winning. No, China's already won. He, he concedes that. It's like, and I think he's attacking this American delusion. Like, it's so funny when you get, when you go online, you see these debates, everybody suddenly becomes a, a expert on like, you know, blue ocean navies or whatever, whatever fuck that means. Or uh, like, you know, uh, our carriers could take down their carriers in, in like a seven day war in, in the, you know, in three out of four seasons. My dad like, could beat what? up your dad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Basically. I, uh, yeah. I, and um, yeah. And so he says, that and he's like, America, let's, you know, we need to get our act together uh, because, you know, and he talks about like how things like, Test, you know, even even things like testing and grades are now subject to, uh, like, you know, oh, we, we got to consider the students' feelings and all that. Meanwhile, China, you know, it's like if you want to get into you know, China's equivalent of like MIT, you better be like the number one student in, in among like a million kids or something like that. So yeah, he just talks about America's just sliding standards and just distractions and and things like that. I thought I thought when I first saw that. Uh, I was like, they should, they should honestly, this is probably a lot healthier way to talk about China than the way that the New York Times is always like working in these, like, you know, like Amanda's really great at pointing these kinds of like fucked up, biased, like salty, uh, you know, highly insinuating, uh, headlines about, you know, uh, they cheated, they stole this and that, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and and like oh you know oh uh, the stats the stats here say that the Chinese have you know have had met with some success, but of course these Chinese stats can't be believed because the Chinese government is uh, authoritarian dictatorship and uh, it's all lies. It's all built on lies. Like it's cope. It's cope. That's fucking copium, right? Yeah. Uh, and Bill Maher was was ba- basically saying, take off the fucking copium mask because you've been huffing copium. Yeah. You've been high on copium and now you're a silly boy. You're talking about, uh, and he's right. I mean, I think he is right. How fucking silly the, because he's 
ostensibly a liberal. He's nominally a liberal, right? And I think that he's offering some self-critique. Uh, some, self, I mean, I, I hate Bill Maher, but I'm just saying that I, I think that he is trying to show the left its own foolish ways. And I think that even an idiot like Bill Maher can land uh, a point there. That's always been say, his like, thing, right? Yeah. Like you on the left think you're all woke and shit and you think you're all smart, but guess what you're doing? Nothing. You're not doing shit. You're like, you're trying to troll, uh, you know, the right wing with gay Captain America and thinking that <laughs> you're doing something, you know, and th- the oh. right wing doesn't care. They're not actually bent up about gay Captain America. Like, <laughs> you know, like, so we're, we're going to give a Captain America the tightest suit to show off his ass and try yeah. to, you know, trigger the. Yeah. The like, magas. this is America's ass. He <laughs> <laughs> um, literally says that in the fucking movie. Uh, the uh. funny thing about the copium thing is, like, isn't it in your interest to assume they're true? Because if you if you think they're fake and you're false, then you're fucked. You might no, as well assume they're copium. true. It's a yeah, fucking dangerous exactly. drug. Like, it, during the Cold War against the Soviets, didn't America lie about how many like missiles the Soviets had? Like, greatly exaggerated them oh, just to like, sure they were doing the opposite. <laughs> And that, yeah, and you can tell that was a winner mindset. Now yeah, America's exactly. in a lo- loser mindset. It's like, oh no, no, not true. No, you know, it's like I uh, used to post. There's a there's a headline from the Times like way back in like when the Sputnik when they first launched Sputnik, and the headline was just straight up like uh, uh, Soviets, uh, you know, launch satellite. This is considered a major loss for the West. Period. That's the headline. Yeah. Just, just point blank, like we fucking lost, guys. They, they, they kicked our. There was none of this shit. Like we have yet to determine whether the satellite actually qualifies as a satellite. Some say <laughs> yeah. uh, we've got um, Doctor, uh, you know, Bigglesworth here, uh, who says that uh, technically uh, we've launched satellites like this in the past. We uh, uh, just didn't count them as satellites because you know, like whatever, right. like it, whatever there was, the shit, was, right. And there was uh, no there's COVID, satellites yeah. uh, probably um, uh, less than 60% effective against right, COVID. But I mean, there was no equivocating about it. all it does is is beep, right? Like no one no one tried yeah. to like play it off. It was just sort Your of like, dude, lost and we took Chris, the L. It, Chris's point is right. I mean, the reason they say we lost is to light a fire under Americans' asses to be like, we got we to gotta catch up. We got to get our shit in, into space. We got to launch a monkey in space now. Fuck. Yeah. So... Yeah, I mean, I think Bill Maher is. I don't think he's being woke or anything. I just think he's 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 at least just talking about it in a in a competent and effective way, at least compared to what the fucking New York Times has been doing for the last year. And I and I think that it was their bullshit that actually kind of allowed the Trump government to 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 sleep at fall asleep at the wheel when it came to COVID because there wasn't a lot of media pressure put on him until. The breakout, the outbreak was so severe that there was nothing that could be done. Yeah, you know why? You know why I think there might be a difference in attitudes this time around uh, compared to uh, the Cold War is that um, back then America did not hold a place of prominence. It did not have the status that America has today. Whereas now, uh, if America and Americans were to start admitting that we're behind uh, mm. or that we've lost. Well, like a lot of the marketing and, um, and like brand positioning of American companies starts to go down the drain. Right. And, and us being the good capitalists we are cannot risk that. 
we would rather lie to ourselves to ensure that our brand uh brand val our brand strength remains strong and that made in america still means something and that ford and gm and chevy still mean something um rather than admitting to ourselves and uh by proxy the rest of the world that our shit actually sucks yeah we're like blanche dubois like we're not we can't yeah we can't come to terms with our 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 we're like, we're like old and no, ugly now no, and, and it would affect our, denial. And it would affect our yeah. top line it would affect our revenue the bottom line right yeah uh bottom line well the top, saying is yeah sure top line, line refers to revenue but whatever yeah it would ultimately reflect our bottom line um i don't know i'm not a business person maybe i got that wrong it, who cares it, yeah, it affects the, the money the- and when <laughs> you start affecting the money people start yelling well i mean there's a sideline be- yeah, it's it does. The sideline? I don't know. The sideline. <laughs> we'll be in the red. We'll be in the red, the not hairline. the black. I don't fucking know. But no, I, I mean, there's a, sport, there's a sporting analogy here, too, is that like it's easier in a way to motivate yourself to win the first championship. It's harder to win the second and the third because you've already sort of gotten to the, to the top of the mountain. And, you know, that's why like repeating as champion or three-peats are sort of like seen as a huge deal because it's yeah. like you're going to win three in a row. Two in a row is hard enough. There's that, um, but I, I guess I'm saying that more like we, uh, we know we have a shitty product and we're trying to, I don't know, fraud might be too much of a word, but like if you are a salesperson and you've got a shitty product, there's no way in hell you're going to let anyone say or admit that your product is bad. Yeah, you no, I get what you're sell. saying there, but I'm saying I was going back more back to uh, what oh, you were saying okay. about like the reason why we sort of wanted to work ourselves up in the cold wars that we weren't oh, at yeah, the top yeah. already right yeah so yeah. it's like you were motivating yourself because you wanted to get to the top yeah we had it was a easier to admit shoulder. it was easier to admit that you weren't the best because you weren't the best right right um yeah 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 i see so in terms of sinophobia i mean i i don't know if that's going to help sinophobia or not no, like <laughs> i don't think so because because like you know we we were talking we were talking this way about the Soviets, but then we had that was right. We had McCarthyism, and we had oh yeah, you know, all that stuff. So, I mean, I, I think I think Kung flu is probably even like maybe a little. It kind of almost keeps some, the the worst of it in check. And I think if uh, Bill Maher's brand of you know let's get real about how bad China has kicked our asses, that you know. Not only is it like McCarthy era in the fifties, but it's kind of like Vincent Chin in the eighties. Yeah, yeah. It, right. You know the, when, so uh-huh. sorry. Go ahead. Uh, one thing I yeah I agree with you, Teen. That I don't that I think it may actually exacerbate things, and the reason why is that there's uh, absolutely no room for. I don't know if there's no room for it or if people just don't want to say this, but um, you know the narrative that like China steals, China lies, China intentionally infected America. China is constantly being portrayed as like intentionally harming in America. And I don't think people are going to conclude, oh, America lost or America is behind because of our own failures. I think people will combine the two narratives and say, oh, we're mm-hmm. behind because China has been undermining us, has been stealing our IP and this and that. And and the only reason that we're losing is because we've been nice to them. Yeah, that we've let right. them do. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that. Yeah, and the the one benefit might be that well, they they already think that though. That's been the dominant mm-hmm. uh, story for like at least the last couple of yeah, decades. Yeah, yeah. But uh huh. 
but you know, if we go with the Bill Maher thing, I mean, I think the silver lining is maybe Americans will actually, uh, both sides will, there will be like jealousy and resentment, but at least Americans will maybe improve their own lives and, and maybe that will keep them a bit less motivated to <laughs> distracted to, to hate on someone else be like yeah. hey you know we're living pretty good lives they're living good lives who cares kind of thing i think the part where he said america has already lost is actually kind of true i i think that no matter what we do at this point yeah uh we're looking at at least uh in the in the near or medium term that things are going to get a lot worse. I don't think they're going to get better, no matter what we do. I, I, I yeah. think we have you mean, built you mean in- like relatively speaking, uh, in terms of like China becoming number one, or like American lives is actually deteriorating. I think both. I mean, China. Yeah. I, I think it's almost uh, you know unavoidable that China will be the co- biggest economy. But I know. I, I think people. I don't know if Americans uh, really realize just how big China is. That it is. Just like a f- kind of like a freak accident of history, um, and and like the multiplier effect of having, you know, industrial technology where none of the really the rest of the world has is no longer really there. And when you have like technological parity to some degree, the country that's like five times bigger than you <laughs> is going to be more powerful. That's just, and I think Americans True. just have this. No, we're, I mean, we, we were we're just always gonna be normal because we're America, and that's just that. It's like yeah, no. and, and and like yeah, and, and Americans are like coping with this idea that like oh yeah, but they don't have access to Google Play, so <laughs> they, yeah. they, don't, they don't have Harvard, they don't right. have Apple. Remember that guy who was like, I they need don't. a brand that makes me feel like oh, Apple yeah. does, like Tesla, like, like Tesla. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you do know that China has like five Teslas, right? <laughs> like get out Neo, of here, baby. I would say that uh, another thing I wanted to just mention is like, and I found myself having a little bit to have to think about this because I mean, I know, I know there is a link between like the sort of political, like the, the sort of like how we view Japan in the eighties or how we view mm-hmm. China now and violence against Asian Americans. I mean, Vincent Chin is the uh, is the yes. uh, is the um, uh, that's the proto- an analogy for the the Japanese. Yeah, yeah. He's he's sort of the figure uh, for, for for this dynamic. But how does it work? And I think it's hard to think that someone is 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 at home reading the newspaper who's otherwise you know a sane person, and it says that China's uh, GDP rose while America's fell, and said, you know what? God damn it, honey. Do you see this? You see this GDP number? And he and he goes gets his gun and he just randomly shoots. He just goes down to the massage parlor and kills, you know, four Korean women. Like that's not what happens, right? No. I think what I think what happens is and and it's important I mean, it's important for me, I guess, to keep this in mind and, and how it actually works is it, people are still just who they are, right? I don't think that uh, you know, all this xenophobia is going to turn an otherwise rational person into a psycho who's going to come kill you. Right, like you're, you're like well, otherwise. Well, I anyway. Okay, I think what happens is people who already have that need in them, right? Who be, who are keeping it in check, but they need to enact violence in some way, either racialized violence or violence against women. That the xenophobia to them is its permission. It's a signal from above that the authorities are okay with you doing this. Right. I think that's, and, 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 and I think that that's actually how, like, if you look at a, a lot of the atrocities that happened, say in Vietnam or in Korea, 
by the GIs. I mean, they weren't doing that because they thought that it would help them further the, you know, goals of the war. They oh, weren't no. like, hey, you know, uh, the generals really want us to like really put the scare into these people. So let's go rape the women. That's not what happened. What happened was these these soldiers were damaged people and they they this, this is what they wanted to do. And the war gave them a pretext to do it. And I think people who wouldn't do it uh, will still stand up to that, which happened, right? There were soldiers oh, yeah. who Definitely. didn't want to do it. I do think, though, that some it. of them did think that it was a sanctioned from you know from their superiors uh, for military reasons, but well, that's my point. Definitely, is that yeah. that well, that is, that's exactly my point. Is that the sinophobia and this talk about China's enemy is interpreted as, as what you say? It's it's interpreted as sanctioned from an authority to say that we welcome violence against Asian people, we welcome violence against Chinese people, and their prohibition, the sort of internal like control that they exercise over that uh, is sort of lifted, especially when it comes to Asian people, because they're, we are now the sort of like legitimate target. And so I think that's how it works is like, it's not to me creating uh, necessarily people like turning people into violent animals. You know, I think you're taking people who are already violent um, and and just sort of almost coaxing it out of them and, and saying, like, you know, you, you, you're allowed to do this or you're almost encouraged to do this. I agree with I think you that's to, the to a certain extent. I agree with you in that the that an important factor is the the sort of like uh, I- implied um, permission, right, to commit these kinds of acts. Um but the re- where I where I would disagree with you is that the people who are um, prone to accepting the permission or taking advantage of the permission are somehow um, naturally inclined to violence or naturally inclined to do these things. Uh, the reason the reason I disagree with that is that it, and uh, I'm going to bring up two, two studies. These two studies are somewhat controversial in that. Um, in that uh, I don't think like the Zimbardo experiment, I don't think was ever replicated. Um, there was, you know, there's procedural issues with them, but ethical ones too. <laughs> yes. And ethical ones, big ethical ones. But what we, what we did see in those two experiments uh, for people who are not familiar, um, the first experiment I'm referring to is the Milgram shock experiment, where basically the goal was to understand how far an authority figure uh, can push uh, an otherwise innocent, well-meaning individual um, to kill somebody or or to. Oh, but hurt that, well, somebody. that was under direct orders, though. That was what, and that was under direct orders. That it, it was, was like the but, person telling them to turn the voltage up or whatever. Right? Yeah, but still, this person right still made the choice to turn the voltage up past what they considered lethal levels. Uh, in uh, not in response to, but immediately after hearing this person screaming and yelling about how it hurts and how they're asking for it to stop. Right. So there's plenty of, plenty of other things that would stop what we consider a reasonable person from crossing this line. And, and yes, the study was about like, how far can somebody in a lab coat push somebody? Can a, can a person in a lab coat push somebody to kill somebody? Um, at least through pushing a button. Uh, the answer seems to be yes. But my point here is just pointing out that these were normal people. These weren't violent people. 
These weren't, as far as we know, violent history anyway. Yeah. 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 As far as we know, they had no violent history. As far as we know that they were well-meaning people, you know, there was, when you look at the video recordings, there's one man who was like emotionally distraught because he was faced with, uh, who he might really be under different circumstances. Um, and he realized, oh shit, I actually do have the ability to like make the choice to kill somebody inside of me. And, um, and it was very disturbing for him. And then the Zimbardo experiment, the Zimbardo experiment was, uh, a makeshift. Um, it was, it was an investigation into how the prison culture, the prison system can, can cause, can change the individuals within it, both, uh, as a guard, as a correctional officer and as a prisoner. And, uh, everybody that was selected, um, for this study was vetted. Uh, as far as they know that they, they had no violent history. And what they found anyway was that the guards became incredibly cruel, incredibly sadistic. Uh, the prisoners themselves also exhibited differences in their personality and expressions. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I think that definitely a big, the, an important part of it is that permission and creating that kind of environment or culture where it's seen as okay or impl- implicitly understood to be okay. Um, but I think the, the idea that the people who are going to fall into this trap are, uh, just uniquely dis- like predisposed or, or, or somehow pre-qualified for this is, is. Yeah. I mean, that's not my, my, my point is more not to say that the threat of violence isn't widespread. I'm saying that people have a hard time connecting how something like our, geopolitical stance or our political stance vis-a-vis China mm-hmm. in the realm of international affairs. This is a very big, heady, mm-hmm. you know, topic. How does that translate all the way down to violence on the ground? Right. And I think that there's a lot of denialism in, in the cause and effect there because it's not easy to see how a person would read a news story about a trade war and decide that that would be grounds for them to go commit violence. Uh, against um, a chi- uh, an, an Asian person, I think, and what yeah. I'm saying is that that there is a general feeling that a prohibition has been lifted. It's open yes. season. Basically. I agree. I agree. Okay, with you. that's my point. I agree that with it's you on not that. that it's you know it's it, I I don't want to let people who are skeptical about this connection get away with the. This is why I'm pushing back on this, John, is because I don't want to let people get away with the notion that it's ridiculous to think that there could be a connection between the two because there isn't an easy cause and effect mechanism there that. Mm-hmm. A story about a trade war is going to cause someone to go commit violence, but that's not the, the, what happens. What happens is that there's a generalized ambient uh, social yeah. uh, phenomenon that says we kind of understand why uh, Chinese people are the enemy, right? And I think that's why, even though Ronald Evans was convicted, he didn't have to serve any time because it, it was this sort of like understanding of like yes ronald you know he broke the law but come on he killed a chinaman and and we're at you know we're he killed a jap and we're at war with the japs you know they're going to take us over like yeah there and i and i think that there is going to be a lot less social um there's going to be a lot more social sympathy to crimes committed against asians because i do think a lot of white people that themselves are not violent probably despise asian people and secretly don't want to say it, mm-hmm. but you know, you push them too far and they're the types that, or, you know, put a few drinks in them and they're the type that are going to tell Michael Luo to go back to China or whatever. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. So, 
I, I just think it's a it's a thing. It's almost like the purge, right? It's like we lift the we 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 lift the prohibitions, and then now we get to see the sort of like the 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 the, the animal spirits of of these racist people jump out, and they're not going to hide it anymore. No, and I'm and- seeing that. I I guess what I'm saying is that I'm seeing white people who you otherwise would think would not think in the, you know think it a proper thing to do to sort of like attack asian people as they're talking about crimes committed against asian people that day that they don't give a fuck anymore they're just like mask off they're like fuck you genocide denier yeah i, th- right? I don't know we may actually be in agreement then uh, i don't know um <laughs> yeah i think i think that uh like these you know so-called ordinary people who would otherwise not be committing these kind of violent acts. I think the people who ultimately do end up, uh, you know, acting, the, uh, you know, uh, harming others, I think they justify it in ways um, that allow their value systems to remain intact and avoid the cognitive dissonance. So like, yeah. you know, yes. they might, they might say, Oh, well, I, I wouldn't ever hurt anybody. I'd only hurt. I'd only defend myself or somebody else from uh, an attacker, right? And uh, and I would only take a life if it was like a matter of my own life or their life, right? And then what, and you know, I'm totally like armchair psycho, you know, psychologist doing this, but um, you know, but I think my what might be happening is like people view the conversation on China uh, as an existential threat and then, and then take that feeling of an existential threat uh, uh, very abstractly and then somehow personalize it to their their life livelihood or their safety directly and then make the connection okay i am being i am under attack through this existential threat uh and therefore it is justified for me to uh, like defend myself from this existential threat and this existential threat is going to be uh, uh sorry this this random asian person in front of me becomes the avatar for this threat. So I'm justified in what I did. Yeah. Uh, I, I find it interesting though, like, cause we're, we're talking about the, this, um, these killings that happened in Atlanta, um, two days ago. Right. Um, or was it just yesterday? Uh, and you know, you could, and then and we're also then talking about Vincent Chin and in the Vincent Chin case, it was, it, the guy who killed him, what used to be a um, was a had lost his job in the auto factory, right in the car yeah. factory, and he was angry about the Japanese <laughs> flooding the U.S. market with cars, and he lost his job, and so he killed Vincent Chin. Um, you know this this guy who killed the the spa workers. You know he's saying that they're te- they're the temptation he must eliminate. So there was like a direct reason in his mind that he needs to to kill these asian people um it was it was him or the asians right i mean the brooklyn hammer attack you know this guy thought that he was protecting uh asian women so it's not not as clear cut but i do i do feel that like in the worst attacks and the worst horrific incidents it seems like some people do have that like personal connection at least they make it up in their minds mm-hmm. um you know, with E. Lee, I don't think there's much of a connection uh, other than the fact that they were racist. 
Um, I don't think they were con- connecting that to any broader socioeconomic or geopolitical. Well, they love. They said they love to uh, rape and kill chink bitches. So. Yeah. So they were they were just straight up racist. Um, but yeah, and and it's probably and it's connected to everything you were saying, Teen. Um, but yeah, I know. mean, I, it sounds like I've 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 like my handle on Twitter is Asian American NPC because I, I've always thought of Asian people in America as kind of NPCs, like. They're, we're kind of like background people. Yeah. And yeah, you can, tar- you, can tar- you, you can, you know, there's not a whole lot of like repercussions for, you know, doing stuff to Asian people. Um, and we're kind of like entertainments, like, you know, Asian people can be treated as sort of like a side mission. Right. Uh, but now I think we're moving might into an era where we go from NPC to fucking enemy that has like sort of invaded America already. Like we're already here. We're like the fucking landing force. Have you seen that movie alien nation? Kind of like that. Like, yeah, this, yeah. this sort of like, um, the alien refugees who come down and they have to integrate and yeah. Yeah. Kind of like that. So I, I, I don't know. Anyway, um, alien nation kind of district, the topic, district nine or something like that. It's no, similar. It's, it's, similar to just, it's very similar to yeah. district nine, but they're more human. Like, no, they, okay. they look like humans other than like spots. And it stuff. was like an older, yeah. is like an older district yeah. nine, basically. Older yeah, district and, nine. Exactly. Yeah, and it, and it follows like one of the aliens, of course, becomes a cop. <laughs> right. So of course, police procedural. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, and yeah, any, just, we're probably, we're probably rounding this out now to you guys want to yeah, close we're it almost out. At an hour up. 40. Yeah. Chris, any any uh, anything to add, or how you doing? Um, I mean, I, I think we could keep going on and on, but we, we gotta we gotta cap it at some time, huh? Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I I gotta say, I find this whole thing depressing, and uh, uh, th- th- this this particular fucking event just yeah. Uh, I I feel like it like this kind of signals this is what i was originally trying to get at was like i feel like this does signal sort of a new stage in this what's going on i don't know what exactly what it signals but it, it's or, or yeah. what this new stage is but this shit got really real for me it, like yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's very unnerving yeah i dude i live less than a mile away from where those two attacks on market street happened in san francisco yeah yeah, yeah. 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 It's very yeah. close to home. Yeah. It um it does seem like an inflection point to where what's going to happen after. I, I have no idea. Um, and I think it's clear that I don't think we we've we've all sort of we're still trying to wrap our head around it. Um you, you just know that you know it's, it's not going to get the, better. That, that I'll say that. Yeah, I, I you just know that the relation the the way that these attacks are going and the sort of like you know, the way that China and US and with Biden trying to re re up the ante on shit with China and this is just gonna be a big story throughout the rest of the year. I think that it's gonna just be we're just it's it's just gonna be like more and more shit happening in this domain. Yep. And escalating all the time for the rest of the fucking year. And I'm I'm not particularly looking forward to that, but it's, I think it's gonna happen. Anyway, all right. Um, all right. That was a good one, guys. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ch- everyone check in on your friends and everything, family. Yes, Make please. sure everyone's doing okay. 
All right. All right. Have a good night, everyone. Good night. Okay. Good night. Good night.